Hi, this is Relatively Asian Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Minnie, and this is episode 13 of our podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Last episode, we caught up on what happened during the summer, like Teresa getting married and getting COVID even after being vaccinated. Check out the last episode if you're curious to hear more. This episode, we'll be diving into a more serious topic, mental health, specifically our experiences being personally impacted by mental illness or seeing it in a friend. We'll also talk about the impact of being Asian American on those experiences. Keep listening to hear more. So diving right into things, I feel like we should just first talk about like our general experiences with um, anxiety and stress. Do you feel like you've experienced that before? Yeah, I definitely have. Um, I mean, I don't think it's ever been to the stage where like I would say that I had like depression or like diagnosed anxiety mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I definitely deal with stress like any other person. Um, and then anxiety wise, I feel like the most extreme example I would have is just like social anxiety mm-hmm. when I'm around different people. So like today, for example, I checked out a new church and then when they had this time of like getting up to meet new people like I definitely had a lot of social anxiety (laughs) and then I'm like I just can't talk to anyone because I'm just like scared you're flustered (laughs) yeah I get really flustered so obviously going to like a new room full of a bunch of people like that gives me a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. and then I guess it prevents me from like actually wanting to do anything oh so you you have felt before because I feel like sometimes when physicians like measure the extent of right like Like, how bad is it yeah like at the end of the day it's like oh is it like causing you to be dysfunctional yeah right yeah so you feel like you've had i guess you relate more to the anxiety aspect of it specifically social anxiety like you feel like you've had that or experienced that to an extent before in your life where it's actually prevented you yeah from like leaving yeah. like your house or, or i guess i would like well not leaving my house but i think just like in social settings like i would either like leave altogether or if you felt uncomfortable yeah if i felt uncomfortable i would just like run away or something oh I yeah see. but it's okay. not like like if someone approached me in that setting like obviously i would be able to have a conversation mm. but it's more like i would just like find a corner or oh, like i, I would never put myself in that situation because it like gives me a lot of anxiety it makes me like nervous mm-hmm. but yeah is that gotcha. is that normal um i think that's normal yeah from well, my perspective <laughs> yeah i guess i mean that's pre- what i think too <laughs> to preface all of this neither Minnie or i are <laughs> we're not licensed in any way <laughs> yeah i have a minor in sociology but <laughs> I have nothing. (laughs) Take that with a grain of salt. We just really wanted to like talk about the topic today and like share our own personal experiences Mm -hmm. just as a preface. Um, Yeah. But no, that's interesting because I feel like there are people who experience social anxiety like to the extent where they literally cannot leave their house. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like if it was in college, like not being able to leave their dorm room, et cetera. And like it can be very, very crippling. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me when it comes to, I don't, hmm, I feel like I might have. I probably used to experience anxiety more so than now. Um, Mm -hmm. But when with social anxiety, I actually have a, I think I have a lot of social anxiety. Do you really? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've never seen you have social anxiety. That's what people, I know that's the response I always get. (laughs) So then I'm like, okay, maybe. (laughs) Um, Or what circumstances would trigger you to have social anxiety? I think it's better now, but I feel like for a large part of my life i've always had a lot of anxiety in like any group oh okay so is that like strangers or even in friend groups you would have that i think like at this point i'm not typically i don't find myself in a group where i don't know most of the people but um but yeah like it would just be like any just like any group setting anything beyond like Mm. (laughs) one-on-one interesting yeah Yeah, because i feel like i've never seen you have it because we're usually in a friend group Mm, i see 
No, yeah, I would definitely feel that like when I meet new people, like Dave can attest to this, but I am really easily in- intimidated when I uh, by like anyone. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I just like scared and then I like so sweat. You- <laughs> oh my God, really? I have a lot of, yeah, I feel like my body indicates to me when I'm like, when I have anxiety or like when I have social anxiety and I like experience it like before interviews or be- when I go to like large gatherings, mm-hmm. even now, even if it is like people I know. Just like any sort of like oh, wow. bigger social event, I guess, that like, I guess mentally I like feel pressure about. Um, no, yeah, I like sweat. Yeah. Wait, and but it's caused you... by, it's caused by me feeling anxious. But when you're actually in that social environment, can you hold a conversation? Can you talk? Or is it like debilitating to the point where it's like you can't even function? Well, I used to not. I think that's why for a large part, and we might have touched about the, touched on this in like our like our friendship episode but for like 90 percent of my life i did not hang out with people in groups like i only liked the one-on-one friendships Mm. and like those gatherings um because yeah like i just i don't know like i think it goes hand in hand like my view of like how i want to spend time with people and like preferring to like this is not speaking to like my current state but like for a long time just like my preference to be just with the people i actually like was trying to like intentionally grow friendships with as Mm -hmm. opposed to like groups that probably was hand in hand and if like i don't know if i like do a deep dive on that maybe that was if anything a justification for my social anxiety Mm -hmm. because like my baseline comfort is like not not being comfortable around groups of people yeah i'm not like that as much anymore but um yeah in general like again like no one's ever told me that they feel like i have a social anxiety but it's definitely something like i can experience a lot Oh, wow. I'm yeah. shocked. I Since I've known you, I've never thought that. But like you. even when I, I mean, I feel like even, and we're like kind of jumping ahead, but like when in like semi-recent years, I guess, when I've experienced like depression that was debilitating for me, um, at least like in the context of work, like you, I, I feel like when we talked at that point, you were also surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. In general. Well, because yeah, so you can generally really tell. Yeah. Sometimes you can tell. Well, I, I don't know. I guess, I mean, obviously it depends on every circumstance and the person, but I guess for you, because of the way you present yourself, like I would not be able to normally tell. And I don't think anyone would be able to tell unless you vocalized it yourself. Yeah. So So I think that's just been my, like my experience of like like, experiencing a variety of like, I guess, mental health struggles. And then like no one ever, like me having to like explain it, I guess, or just like intentionally bring it up because there's nothing about my external behavior that can just be like picked up on. Yeah. Because also like when you're not feeling like for me, if I'm not and I guess like what people don't realize, too, is like I'm not that extroverted. And I actually I don't for a long time. I wouldn't even be around anyone unless I felt like I could present a certain like side of myself that I felt like was acceptable. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like I've definitely had to overcome that hump of like being vulnerable with people and allowing Mm. people to see me when I'm not feeling my best. Mm. But I think that only adds to like the, or just even like, I wouldn't even engage with someone via text or messenger. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just like, didn't really, yeah. Like it didn't even have to be face to face. Show that side. Yeah, I didn't. So then like from an outside perspective, obviously you wouldn't really be able to tell because you would only be hanging out with people because when I felt hundred percent to be able to give. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, but because I've experienced it myself i feel like i'm very perceptive of other people mm-hmm. when like i'm like oh like you notice yeah. that something might be off yeah oh, okay i mean i think that's good I, yeah i guess yeah. but 
yeah i mean okay that makes a lot of sense why people wouldn't be able to tell then but yeah and i guess like when it comes to social anxiety um do you think that like being introverted or extroverted kind of like impacts someone's like ability to like experience social anxiety or like do you feel like that impacts your experience i think so i feel like or i mean because you're extroverted Mm, barely though okay like i'm like like, i'm like down the line yeah so i mean 51 percent. yeah i'm like and i'm 51 percent introverted yeah i'm like (laughs) both of us are pretty moderate yeah um but i mean i think being extroverted would definitely help because i feel like being extroverted like means like you would get your energy from being around people and i know people who are extroverted who like love meeting new people and they like thrive off of those kind of conversations Mm -hmm. and like learning more about that person whereas like for me because i am like leaning towards introvert introvertism like i don't love talking to people i don't not love (laughs) does that make any sense i disagree um (laughs) no i love talking and i love deep conversations and getting to know people but it is very exhausting for me so and i guess like okay what i hate is i hate small talk and so i feel like a lot of times in like social environments where i do experience social anxiety it's an environment where it's like not facilitated for deep conversations Mm mm-hmm And so it's just more like, hey, like, how's it going? Like, how was your week? And I hate that because I'm like, what do you have to talk about? It's Mm -hmm. so like, it's just like, I just feel like there's like always going to be like a pause of awkwardness because it's like, all right, like, let's move on. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so I feel like because it's not a great environment for real conversations, it just gives me anxiety because I just feel like on edge because I don't know what to ask next. Yeah. I feel like that relates to like me not naturally wanting to just talk to people to be around people, Mm -hmm. but like more like, so I would want to be around people for like a purpose. Mm hmm. So you're kind of yeah. saying like your introversion, you're kind of equating your introversionness with your like, uh, with you like not enjoying like big group settings where the conversation can't get very deep. Yeah. I yeah. like, I just like don't understand the purpose of that. Right. I mean, I understand the purpose. Sorry. I just mean like I personally you just personally, don't like it. That is tiring for you. And for you, like that makes you more anxious, like would yeah. potentially make you more anxious yeah, I because just you don't naturally enjoy that. Exactly. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I I understand like what you're saying and what you're coming from. I don't know if that is I don't know if that correlates with introversion extroversion. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's the thing. I don't know I don't because know. like I'm not extroverted, so I don't know. Like I can't speak. Like this is my own perception of. Like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, connecting I mean, the I dots can. of like, oh, I'm introversion, and oh, I have a preference for deep conversation. So then, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. based on your own experience, like, I like can't really you speak, th- yeah, extroversion. You so think that know. it is harder, or like you think that being introverted does make kind of harder. like, yeah, yeah and make- just like talking with friends who are extroverted mm-hmm. and seeing their experience. But well, obviously, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that. Okay, so then, but you used me as an example of like, oh, I'm extroverted, but like, yeah, since I do experience social anxiety, or but you didn't realize that. Well, I knew you were extroverted, but you're not like 90 for Oh, I see. You're saying for like, you're saying like in the extremes of like, yeah, yeah, if you're like super extroverted versus like super introverted, probably like the introverted person struggles more with social anxiety than the extroverted person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess theoretically at a baseline, like if you are, if you innately just get more energy from being around other people, like I feel like having social anxiety at the same time not that like it can't happen but like they kind of go against each other no I know yeah (laughs) yeah like wouldn't you just be oriented to want to be around people then even if it is just like I think you could still have social anxiety probably around like new people right or Mm -hmm. like certain kinds of people um but like you probably wouldn't have it like across the board where you couldn't you had anxiety being around anyone yeah because like what you crave is to be around someone exactly yeah to feel energized 
that makes sense but that's obviously like my own assumption Mm -hmm. of extroverts so if you're an extrovert you can let us know if that's (laughs) correct at all but um yeah i guess as an introvert that's like what i would feel that makes sense so have you ever had to go to a therapist before Yes, I have gone to several therapists before, Um, but I guess the first time, my first, I guess, introduction into that whole world of things was actually in high school, which might seem early on, Um, but at that point, so like my senior year of high school, um, I was bulimic for a bit, (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I guess if you don't know what, okay, well, I also don't know the professional definition (laughs) of bulimia, Mm -hmm. but I think it's basically, I think. So it's a eating disorder and I think it's kind of combined combined with binge eating. At least like my experience of it was like uh, for a few months or like maybe for the majority of senior year, it got better um, after I started going to therapy. But um, basically in senior year, I like went through in hindsight, like this is so childish, but I was like, I, I think I went through some like relationship issues. Oh, <laughs> And like, I guess the me, the Teresa at 17, 18 <clears throat> was very like, uh, I don't know, like was very like f- had a, lar- a high fear of like failure, failure or like it was really hard for me to accept a situation in my life that I felt like was completely out of my control. And mm. wh- after going to therapy, I realized like that was what triggered my eating disorder of just like. yeah because i think most people when they think about and i'm okay again like everyone's experience probably is different but i think in general public perception of eating disorder is like oh this person thinks they're fat right yeah so they're gonna starve themselves because they have body dysmorphia Mm -hmm. which i don't know maybe i also had (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i feel like the general perception is like oh it just has to do with weight and like how they yeah want to see themselves when they look in the mirror Mm mm-hmm right um i think maybe with binge eating it's a little bit different like people probably see that as like oh people binge eat as a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. which i think is probably for the most part true um but for me like when i i don't think it would i feel like my body insecurities are like normal (laughs) i i don't know you tell me (laughs) i think we can talk about it in a different episode but like (laughs) at that point yeah i didn't necessarily feel like it was driven by like oh i think i'm so like I perceive myself as like overweight. I need to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like through therapy, I realized like it was actually a factor of like me trying to like control something in my life. Mm-hmm. And so basically at that point, because um, a relation, like I was going through a breakup and that relationship had essentially ended. Right. Which was already difficult for me to deal with. Cause in my end, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, a breakup is like a failure. Cause mm-hmm. it is right. A relationship yeah. like failed to su- like succeed to like the ultimate goal. So it was a yeah. failure and it was mm-hmm. not something I could control. Mm-hmm. And so then as a result, like looking at my life, I wanted something in my life that I could control. Okay. And so then like weight became that aspect for me that mm-hmm. I could control mm-hmm. um, by like, I guess like throwing up, I don't know. Like I, you yeah. know, like by like eating and purging so that I could like hit whatever like weight goal that mm-hmm. I had because like that was something again like that I could control um so anyway like um I I started just like going through the action of that I don't even know how it started or where I got the idea mm-hmm. but like I don't know like I just it started like it was in the fall I think that mm-hmm. I started like I would like eat and like purge and mm-hmm. then like I think at that time too I would like exercise a lot like more than normal too in order again to try to like achieve a certain like weight goal mm-hmm. and then my host mom at that point found out and she was like i 
you either need to go to therapy or I'll need to tell your parents. And that was like very valid, I think, um, in Mm. hindsight. And again, at that point, I had never gone to therapy. Um, But and I don't even remember. I think eventually I told my parents like why I was going to therapy. But obviously, like someone needed to pay for it. Yeah. (laughs) So like I think initially I just like went to therapy and I probably just told my parents I was like stressed or something. I'm not Mm -hmm. too sure. But um, at that point, I started going to our like high school counselor who was also a licensed therapist Mm -hmm. and he was licensed to do like cbt which is cognitive behavioral therapy which essentially like like again not a therapist (laughs) myself Mm -hmm. um but basically my experience with cbt is like they help you to understand like what are like the negative thought processes that you thought processes that you have in your life they Mm -hmm. like they help you become aware of that and then they help you to like correct those negative thought processes so that your behavior also changes Mm -hmm. um and so at that point obviously the goal was to like not like be bulimic anymore yeah (laughs) um and i truly believe so that was my first like entrance into therapy and i did it uh, I don't know if it was weekly, at least weekly or biweekly mm-hmm. um, for a se- like a several months. And it honestly, it was, it was life saving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it was incredible, like more than I ever thought I would get out of therapy. Mm-hmm. It really helped me understand like wh- why I was doing what I was doing. And I remember, and it, it was just so interesting because yeah, like just all the things that came up, even if like weren't they weren't like directly related to the issue on hand, like all helped me just kind of like understand myself as mm-hmm. a person more and mm-hmm. just like kind of like what, yeah, like where things came from. And I remember at one point, like just, just like such a liberating, liberating like realization was like, I think I had a lot, I don't know if it was shame, but I think at that point, I distinctly remember feeling like I'm I'm the issue like I'm I'm throwing up like I need to stop like why am I doing that Mm -hmm. and I remember like him just so clearly like knowing like knowing my situation and like just like saying like no like this is happening to you right and like there is a solution for this Mm -hmm. like this isn't you like this is something else that's happening to you um and like we can fix this you Mm -hmm. know and I feel like that was such a liberating feeling to know that like I wasn't the issue yeah and that something dark and bad was happening to me yeah and that like I could have freedom from that Mm -hmm. you know like through like therapy and whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah like I just I loved therapy and like it totally it helped me a lot and I think by the end of the senior end of senior year I think the key thing is like yeah again like being aware of what's causing my actions what are the thought processes that are like contributing to whatever negative action it is and so then at that so then like you're equipped to be able to like stop yourself because you're like able to correct or catch yourself when you're having those negative thoughts right and I do feel like yeah therapy is the reason why like I was by the end of like senior year I didn't like struggle with it as much wow Mm -hmm. that's so good yeah wow (laughs) this is actually my first time hearing you talk about this in depth yeah 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 wow Okay, that's great. So you went to therapy for like the whole senior year. So like kind of, yeah. Or like at least like three, months. four months. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like wow. of like very like I think like probably like weekly sessions. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it helped you get it's, over it's, bulimia. It's not like um it doesn't take a long time. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not this oh, huge wow. like you need to do like a year of it just or at least for me. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be effective. Like mm-hmm. the whole like C B T in general is supposed to be like efficient. <laughs> right, right. So. But obviously that's like person dependent. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> okay. Wow. So after that, like you didn't struggle anymore with bulimia? So I think 
in I, I mean that was like seven years ago like yeah. probably in the past seven years but maybe like once in college and once in my like post-college adult life mm-hmm. like did I have that like urge of like I was in a place where I was like so stressed about something upcoming or stressed about a situation I was in mm-hmm. that I like ate and perched but like mm-hmm. very like maybe twice okay yeah which is still like I guess I don't know I think it's more so just like I don't really know when you have something if it ever goes away completely Mm -hmm. I feel like there's always a potential for like I guess like a relapse or like you know when something happens once like there's always potential for it to happen again but like for me it's not really yeah it's nowhere near the point that it used to be right and I don't feel like chained to it Mm, like I used to yeah yeah that's really good yeah Mm -hmm. well it kind of sounds like that was like almost your coping mechanism when something in your life is like goes awry goes, yeah yeah so it was like a thousand percent a control yeah. thing yeah. yeah and i just didn't wouldn't have even even known that's what i was doing yeah unless i went, went to therapy, therapy. Yeah. yeah and he's like this is why you're doing it <laughs> yeah wow that's um, amazing it was amazing um like knowledge is power yeah right that's, so that's so true yeah that's why i loved the, i love therapy and yeah i guess just to speak into like how that was um, with like my parents because I feel like yeah what a was lot their of reaction to that yeah like a lot of the Asian American experience right is like being able to juggle like the culture that we grew up in in like America but then mm-hmm. also like having family members or like our parents come from a different culture right and yep. like that there is tension there sometimes or a disconnect mm-hmm. so I, I remember specifically I mean, and at this point um again this was like seven years ago and like my parents have changed since then as well mm-hmm. um but at that point it was definitely tough with my parents um because i think they were i think in general they were kind of skeptical about therapy or they're like why does it cost this much money yeah um it's not cheap yeah like in taiwan things are cheaper but it also it's not like it wasn't covered under insurance i don't think because i was in taiwan i don't know like yeah well in general it's not cheap yeah Yeah. it doesn't yeah it can be but it wasn't um like yeah. yeah um but anyway so i think initially they were just like like what is it that you're going to that like costs us this, this like, why do you money? need this yeah exactly and then i think at that point i so i definitely felt like a sense of like rush to like fix myself mm-hmm. you know because i was like mm-hmm. i don't want to keep i don't want to drag this on yeah, like every yeah. session is costing my parents money yeah. like the sooner i can like resolve this the better yeah um and i'm thankful like that my parents even allowed me that opportunity to go to therapy because i wouldn't have been able to pay for it myself yeah. you know but when I talked to my parents about my like bulimia, I think I had just like mentioned like this is kind of what I'm going through right now. Like I do remember they weren't like I don't think they were very aware of like what that entailed mm-hmm. or like I guess what the root causes of that might be mm-hmm. um, because I remember they were more just like, oh, like this is part of your adolescence. <laughs> Oh, like this is just a phase yeah like you'll get over it you don't need to pay yeah. thousands of dollars no yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah they a thousand percent just saw like the eating disorder as like a phase that mm-hmm. i would that was normal and i would get over it yeah so i feel like that's a very typical asian yeah. parent yeah. response yeah. yeah and like being more of like an independent adult now obviously or like i don't know i kind of like am more independent in my thought processes and I can pay for therapy myself, you know, like I don't rely on my parents for everything. Um, But at that point, it was definitely difficult to not have that understanding Mm -hmm. from like your own parents. Yeah. And you were still like a child. Yeah. Yeah. I was still young and like reliant on them. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I do think their response was, I guess, more typical for like Asian parents because like in their, for for a lot of Asians, like in their respective countries, like mental illness is not talked about. It's not a real thing. Like if you can't see it, it doesn't really exist. Yeah. And there's a lot of stigma Mm -hmm. around it. So 
I understand from their perspective, like, yeah, like yeah. why they wouldn't necessarily be like super alarmed by it. Mm-hmm. But I think now they're different. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. I think, or like more different or they're yeah. just like, again, like speaking about like me leaving a job where I had felt depressed, like they were very yeah. supportive of that. Like their response mm-hmm. to that, like made me cry because oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah because of like, supportive. they were just like, Oh, like you're not happy. Okay. Yeah. Like, we get it. Yeah. You know? Like there are things that are more important. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. w- and it's like, I feel like it's especially for Asians and we've talked about this, but like immigrant parents, like you just want your kids to have financial security. Yeah. Um, That's like one of the top of priorities. Yeah. And yeah. that has to do with like the job that you have, obviously. Yeah. Um, And so I understand for them, like their natural instinct might've been like fear of like, oh no, like don't let go of this job. It's like, it's a good job with yeah. like a good future. Like don't do it. But no, like in the moment they responded first with like, like understanding mm-hmm. and love and compassion of my situation and mm-hmm. support ultimately yeah. of like me doing what I needed to do to be like happy mm-hmm. or to like get out of this situation that was clearly making me just so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. So yeah. So fast forward to like a more recent time. Um, I actually had another I guess like situation in my life where I did get to a point um, with my mental state that I needed to like go to therapy or like I needed something to change um, Mm -hmm. because I was in like a dire situation. And that was at my previous, previous job. Two, two, jobs two ago. jobs ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so many jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like two jobs ago, I was like working in a role in industry that is obviously like known for like not having good hours, not necessarily having good culture, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, I think just like experiencing that sort of like ne- negative atmosphere and honestly not even like as bad as a lot of my peers were experiencing. Um, but for me, I got to a place at that role where my... I guess depression, I guess. And because this is like looking back now after having gone to see, um, having received professional help, right? Yeah. And like knowing how to like define what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I just got to a point where I was no longer able to do my job mm-hmm. because I would just shut down. Like I yeah. did get to a point where I was dysfunctional. And I, re- I would, I remember like being able, like setting a Saturday aside to just work all day mm-hmm. and maybe like, in real reality, if I was in a good mental state, maybe the work would have taken me four hours. Um, but I would yeah. set the whole Saturday aside because I've known from myself of like dealing with myself my whole life of like, oh, Teresa, like when you get stressed, like you are frazzled, you know, mm-hmm. and like your your brain is kind of like you're scattered brained almost mm-hmm. like I have known myself to like be in that situation before. So like I gave myself the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like I would just sit there in front of my laptop like be, like morning to night and not be able mm. to accomplish anything mm. and like I feel like at that point and like because work was so demanding and there were so many like accelerated deadlines like yeah. it was very apparent that I couldn't get my job done which yeah. led to like which forced me to have conversations with my team and people at the company about my mental health yeah um otherwise I don't think it would have been flagged right because because like we've talked about in general people don't notice unless something's yeah. like off or different yeah. Right. Or it seems to be impeding something. Yeah. And from a work perspective, it was impeding my ability to like perform at that mm-hmm. role. Um, so I did get to a point where I wasn't able to be functional anymore. And I do remember every day I would wake up <laughs> oh, <laughs> like man. just like drowning. Like I would yeah. wake up, I would feel like I was completely drowning completely like hopeless, like mm-hmm. could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. I would drive an hour and a half to work. I would cry in the car. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> cry as I'm driving there. I would get yeah. inside, cry in the bathroom. <laughs> oh work, my God! Go to the bathroom to cry. Like, 
my god it was like so like it was like a time in my life that it was just like it just it went downhill like it was i think it started with like working throughout christmas <laughs> i think that's when I, I still remember that yeah yeah i think that's because i saw you that christmas break yeah, i was in maryland yeah where you were as well and like it just went downhill at that point yeah. like things really just like it was shit like hit yeah. the van <laughs> yep it did it really did um that was like the start of the end <laughs> yep <laughs> um but yeah i just yeah i was in a place where i couldn't function anymore and mm. i remember because i had to elevate it at work they forced me to like take the rest of the week off and to go see to go get help yeah like um that was like instructed by work so at that point i went to a psychiatrist clinic for the first time and i went to that instead of a i guess like a therapist or Mm -hmm. just a psychologist Mm -hmm. because my like one of the managers at that point had personal experience with psych like going to psychiatrists and she herself was like on different medication that helped her Mm. so um i was like okay sure like i'll just i'll go yeah so i went to a psychiatrist um psychiatric clinic um actually like right next to Rutgers. (laughs) um and yeah that was the first time we there was like a one hour like consultation sort of it felt like therapy to be honest Mm. um they had me take a test Mm -hmm. to sort of like rate what like what i had i guess like was it anxiety was it depression like Mm. what was the severity of it and he was like okay you have moderate to severe depression yeah and i was like oh (laughs) did not realize yeah because i guess like and you can speak to this mini like again like at that point we were still going to church weekly like we Mm -hmm. saw each other very often you saw me during like winter break and after yeah (laughs) pretty often like would you have said at that point like oh Teresa has severe depression (laughs) um absolutely not (laughs) well I remember I mean I remember that time clearly too because like as your friend I was watching you go through it but obviously I never thought it would be that severe yeah and I remember like one night you slept over and then that's when you were like vocalizing (laughs) that was like I think when it was like really going bad and then and then that was the first time like you started telling me like what you actually felt every single day Mm. and then (laughs) I just remember one time you were like yeah like i can't when i wake up in the morning i just lie in bed and just i can't get out of bed i can't get out of bed like i'm literally like debilitated like i can't move and then i was like yeah i don't think that's normal (laughs) and i remember you thinking like oh wait but that's fine right like that's not a big deal i thought it was like normal for people when they're stressed at work yeah (laughs) yeah like i'm like this isn't me all the time yeah but i'm stressed yeah but sometimes like like, i have this and i was and i just remember like I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I've never experienced that in my life. And I, I've been stressed at work too. So yeah, like, you have. Um, yeah, that was when I was just, wow, that's interesting. But I, yeah, like you said, like, obviously when you're going through that, like you don't even know it's like the norm yeah, unless you vocalize it. And right. again, like as your friend, you're someone that like never really vocalizes, mm-hmm. like, unless it's like, I guess in that case, like, because we were close, like I knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. But like, had we not like had that conversation at that time, like I would yeah. never have known that like it was that hard for you to wake up in the morning or yeah. like get out of bed, like because you don't talk about that. So I guess like similar to how, like your shock, I was also shocked because like yeah. again, like until you say how you feel or you take some sort of like professional diagnosis, yeah. and then they're like, oh, this is what you like have mm-hmm. clinically, like like this is what you are yeah. <laughs> based on all the facts I know, provided. That's wild. Like yeah. I didn't go into there thinking like, oh, I'm trying to prove yeah. that I'm depressed. Like yeah. I literally was just answering their questions truthfully yeah. and honestly, you yeah. know. And so at that point, <clears throat> he was like, okay, like currently, like you're very depressed, and so I'm going to like prescribe Lexapro to you, mm-hmm. which is an antidepressant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one i know because that's the only one they had me on Mm -hmm. but like that was my first time taking medication 
mm-hmm. I guess, for my like mental state um, yeah. therapy I was more familiar with. But yeah, that was the first time I was pre- prescribed medicine. They started me on five grams just to see like how my body would react to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second time I went back, they upped me to 10 milligrams. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like I'm not currently taking it. And in totality, I probably took it for like two, three months mat- total. Mm-hmm. And I just I feel like at that same time I left the job and I had like a month off basically. Yeah. And also the world shut down. <laughs> yeah. So great timing. I just like, yeah, I feel like ended up having the relief that I needed in other places. And I, I mean, that experience definitely was a reality check to me that like, oh, I do have underlying like mental health issues that I need to like seek professional health for. Mm. Even when I'm not just like in this moment, like at such a dire point, just in general, I need to like invest in this area of my life. Yeah. So I don't get to a point in my life later on where I'm at a point where I'm so stressed or depressed that I'm debilitated Mm. and like at that point maybe I have kids or maybe Mm. I have bigger things on my plate that I you know like wouldn't want to yeah just like in terms of like minimizing impact I guess like at least like that's how I thought about it yeah that situation definitely like made me well aware of that um Mm -hmm. but but yeah that was the first time like kind of going back to just the medication aspect of it Mm -hmm. that was the first time that I was I took medication and for me personally um I didn't I wasn't opposed to it I was just like, okay, like whatever helps, you know, like I was yeah. open to trying it. Do you feel like it helped you or do you like notice? I don't know. Cause to be honest, like you weren't on it long enough. Cause no. you know, I am a pharmacist. <laughs> Cause two, three months is like, it's not, it's not, it's like enough. at the cusp of like when you would start feeling it. Yeah. Um, and also they were still doing like dose titration for you. So at that point, cause I moved too. Yeah. So I moved away from the clinic. I moved to North Jersey. I started yeah. like I was in between jobs again, like COVID happened. Mm-hmm. I like felt better quote unquote, but it could have been just like a product of my external environment changing as mm-hmm. opposed to like deep down, like yeah. my need. Mm-hmm. like maybe i should still be on it now i don't know <laughs> like, yeah maybe you should uh go take that test again yeah, yeah i don't i mean yeah. i don't yeah i don't think well, it's, i mean yeah. i don't think i mean i hope not yeah <laughs> um but so i guess from your perspective during that time um because obviously like you were present for it like we were friends like we talked about it like you saw me go through the process mm-hmm. kind of like from beginning to end and like all like the ensuing conversations that we've had since then like what was your experience like as a friend and like just in general like what like what is your experience like as a friend to like other friends who experience mental illness I think at the time when you started having like mental health issues like that was already like I had already gone through that Mm -hmm. so many times already at that point um where like I just had a lot of close friends who have just gone through it so I think at at that point I felt more comfortable like Mm -hmm. I guess talking about it but I guess in the beginning when my friends like initially had any kind of mental health Mm -hmm. issues like It was really hard for me because I feel like, and you touched on this before, but like as an Asian American, I didn't grow up with like the knowledge, like Mm. what mental health was even what, what it was and like how to deal with it, et cetera. And like my parents always kind of like, kind of said like, oh, like, you know, like the phase thing, they didn't believe in it. Like they, like my parents would like talk about sometimes like people going through something and like, and then I would call them out and be like, okay, well that person has depression. Mm. Like it's like they're doing this because Mm -hmm. of this. My parents would be like, well, I mean like, why don't you just get over it? Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like Asian people are just like, why don't just get over it? Tough through it. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, it's like not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. So I think when it first happened, like I just like, I I guess I didn't know how to show up as a friend. Oh, okay. But I think as like time went on, it was like, I don't know. I feel like it's just important to be there um, and to listen. Um, And then for your case, I feel like, especially because like you were saying things that like, to me as your friend was kind of like very I guess obvious to me that like you didn't even realize it was a problem so I think just like calling out things where it's like oh maybe you should seek help or you know like go to therapy or whatever because I remember in the very beginning like I think I was even hesitant to be like 
I, I, I felt like I was kind of like walking on eggshells and I didn't want to say something wrong. So I really, yes, yeah, so I wouldn't openly say like, Hey, maybe I think you should go to therapy because I knew that there was like a stigma associated with going through therapy mm. as like an Asian. Did you think I, so, did I project that? No, no, no. I'm not talking about you. Oh, oh I'm talking about like, I'm oh, sorry. You're saying in the beginning, with, in the beginning. Oh, yeah. not with me. Not okay, with you. I was like, really? By the time, like with you, I was like, yeah, just go to therapy. Yeah. Like I literally told you that. So yeah. like, but I think in the very, very beginning, because like therapy wasn't something that was like talked about a lot um growing up i feel like there's a lot of stigma associated with that and it's a lot of stigma associated with having mental health issues to mm-hmm. begin with and mm-hmm. like i seen like my friends who have gone through it through it like a couple years ago where it's like it's like there's like a, a level of shame and like mm-hmm. embarrassment to even bring it up and talk about it and like for them to bring it up yeah for them okay. to bring it up and then also like the struggle with like talking to your parents about it other friends mm-hmm. about it like you know anyone in general so i feel like and then with that is like going to therapy, like almost mm. saying that, like, if you're going to therapy, it almost means that like, oh, is something wrong with me? Like, right. whatever. So I think as being the friend, like, I think I was hesitant because I was also like influenced by that mindset mm. to openly be like, hey, like, maybe you should go to therapy. Because right. in my mind, I associated that with like, oh, that must mean something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. obviously, like through time and like through like many years, like. Um, well, something is wrong with you and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Something is wrong. <laughs> like you should well, be going again, to therapy. It's not yeah. the, again, it's like kind of what I learned in like the first few sessions. Like you're not the problem. No, exactly. But you're experiencing something that is very difficult. Yeah. There is a solution for this. And yeah. You don't have to live like no, this. No, exactly. And even now, I feel like for me, at least I look at therapy as like anyone can go to therapy. Like yeah. everyone would benefit from it. And it Agreed. doesn't have to be like, oh, like I'm on the verge of like, right. you know, whatever. When you're like, in a debilitating state. Yeah, state. like that's, that's not, not the only therapy. Situation. I'm like, no, like yeah. counseling therapy, like that's great. Like yeah. I don't I don't think I've ever heard a situation where someone's gone and been like, that sucked. Like, like I'm that worse was, from it. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm like, that would only help you. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's been interesting because I think also in the beginning, like I tend to like, like struggle with like setting boundaries. So in the beginning, I feel like I would always just like listen and almost mm. be like that therapist for like a lot of my friends. And, like, not knowing when to say no or, like, just, like, taking it all in. Because, like, I didn't want to make a situation even worse. Mm. And, like, and I felt kind of, like, really alone because I also felt like, you know, this is, like, a very personal topic. Like, I didn't want to, like, talk to other people about it or, like, ask for advice. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it wasn't talked about at the church. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, you know, like, I've reached out before to pastors at church, like, Mm -hmm. to ask for help. Nobody responded Mm -hmm. to me. Like, it was just something where, like, I felt very alone. And obviously it's, like, it's tough because it's, like, I know I'm not the person going through it. But Mm -hmm. as a friend, like, You burden it, too. Yeah, I burden it. And also, like, I, like, I'm very empathetic. Mm -hmm. So, like, it really hurts me so I feel like I naturally put myself in a position where like I end up taking on so much that like it affects my mental health yeah and that's happened like a couple situations like in the past but I think over the years like I've learned to say no and like set boundaries and like also to like know when to be like hey like you need to see a therapist Mm -hmm. because I'm not a therapist right and like we like this is not healthy for either of us so yeah so I feel like by the time like when you were going through it I felt more comfortable having those conversations Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like it wasn't like debilitating for me as a friend to be there for you so um no that's good I think it's important to note that to note that like it's it's tougher like both parties involved or like to be someone obviously going through something but then like for your close friends and like loved ones too like it's you know like it, can, yeah. it, it impacts them as well and yeah. so i feel like it's important for like all parties to kind of know like what they can do to be more like empathetic and compassionate for the other person yeah including like what boundaries to set yeah when necessary yeah i think it's just tough because i feel like and this i guess relates or something else that we want to talk about is like how i don't know i just feel like being asian like affects it so much more hmm. just because i feel like there's no like openness in like 
well, like for you and I, it's like we grew up in the church, right? Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's no openness where that's like a topic that's readily talked about or right. like even tools mm-hmm. to be able to help somebody or like a friend who has like a mental illness. Um, and then at school, I don't know. I don't know. My, my school never really talked about it. I just feel like there was Same. no like resources, resources support. or like direction, <laughs> yeah. like to say Guidance. like, Oh, like, Oh, if I'm going through this, I should do this. Mm. Or like if I'm a friend, like, and I know someone else is going through this, I should do this. So yeah. I think, yeah, as like a kid when you're 18, like I can't even imagine like what it was yeah. like for you, but yeah, I feel like it only took like time and like going mm-hmm. through different experiences to like learn like yeah okay like this is maybe what i should do next right yeah uh, and i actually yeah i mean thinking about back to that time I, I didn't talk to any of my friends about it i don't think i would have even known how to start that conversation yeah. but it was enough for me to have my therapist mm-hmm. to be honest i mean that's great yeah. and i'm great that you got yeah. through that yeah yeah so i would say just even just in general and i don't know maybe that's just me where because even now i don't like i i don't know i think in general at the end of the day like professionals are professionals for a reason like yeah their job is they know what you're going through like why you're going through it and they can help you attain like your goals to like get out of it Mm -hmm. you know or at least to like cope better yeah i think it's good to have a support system obviously mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and i think as a friend like you should definitely obviously like listen and be understanding and compassionate but it's not your job no to it's fix not. and you're not equipped yeah to fix some like yeah. to help someone at the capacity that a professional yeah. would and I, I guess the thing i want to say is like because i feel like for you you have like a lot of self-awareness and you like know like what are the steps to take and mm-hmm. i feel like you're also the kind of person where like i don't think you readily like have to talk about a lot of things to a lot of people right? i don't yeah exactly yeah. whereas like I guess the thing I want to say is like, because it's, I've been in the situation before where like, I felt like I had nowhere to like, as a friend, like no one to ask for help for this said friend. Okay. Like, I think it's just, cause I think the people that I like have gone through the situation with, it's because they felt like shame and like, mm-hmm. they felt like they couldn't talk to anybody about it. And, and I'm talking about specifically like going to therapy mm-hmm. because like, you know, there's a stigma with that, mm-hmm. that because of that, like, um, I didn't know what the right thing was to say, but I, I guess I just want to tell people that like, if that's happening to you, then like, it's okay to be like, Hey, like you need help. And like, let's talk about this with your parents or like, let's right. ask somebody else your help or whatever. And not feel like you're trapped because like, you can't like admit weakness or like, you know, X, Y, and Z. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We wanted to start having conversations about this topic on this podcast. We might revisit this again in future episodes. So let us know if there's anything we missed or questions you might have. And just to reiterate, we're not experts and we're just sharing our own personal experiences. If you have any thoughts, we would love to hear them. Minnie and I are always looking for new topics to discuss on the podcast as well. So if there's anything specific you'd want to hear about during season two, let us know on our Instagram. Our handle is relatively Asian. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.